0: Well, I should tell you that I am honored and delighted to be here. Carolyn and I, she's been back since we were gone, but I haven't been back. And it's a delight. You are a gorgeous sight. I, uh, You know, uh, I'm just so glad to be here. Um, For any of you who need to get caught up, okay... Today, Carolyn and I are married 20,150 days and this morning. I knew, I knew that that would be a piece of information you would want to have. Well, enough about us. We're here to talk about what's his name. Uh, Josh and Megan uh, we have they become our dear friends and we have had good times together we've had some bad times together but mostly good times together and I hope that you understand that they go together Uh, they're not just one they're two and uh, this is a team and they're going to do ministry together and uh, he is not going to be uh, the kind of guy who is a hireling who's going to run away when everything gets tough. He should not be the main course at Sunday lunch, okay? Um, uh, he, uh, there are going to be times when you're going to disagree with him and he's going to disagree with you. Uh, but you need to work through those times and as a result you will come to realize that Josh is not just a hireling he is called to this position by God I am absolutely convinced that Romans 8.28 is a reality in relationship to this circumstance and so uh God has worked this out so that Josh would become your pastor. And I am so excited about what's going to happen uh, from here on out. Um. So, your job is quite spelled out in uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 17. Uh, obey your leaders, submit to them, uh, for they keep watch over your souls, and they will give an account for that. So Josh has a higher accountability. The elders have a higher accountability than some of the rest of us have. Uh, let them do this with joy. When you get home, get your Bible, circle the word joy. Uh, <laughs> And not with grief. Circle the word grief. Uh, uh, the word grief is an interesting word. It's the Greek word uh, stenodzentes. Stenodzentes, and and this is what it means. It means to grumble. It means to rumble. To roar. It means to groan. Now I have a sway bar in the front of our Buick that is groaning (laughs) and they told us 5,000 miles ago it needed to be repaired but we haven't stopped the car long enough to make that happen and every 1,000 miles it groans a little bit more and you know what's going to happen if it groans far enough snap you're right so we don't want your leadership to be doing their ministry and having to groan through the process because that cannot keep going on. Um, it would be unprofitable for you. You know, there's no, there's no win. This is a lose-lose situation. So what do you do? How do you make this work with the new pastor? What is your responsibility? Well, let me give you four words. The first one is to pray for Josh. Pray daily for him. Pray as an individual. If you have devotions and you have a prayer time every day and you have a prayer list, add Josh and Megan to that prayer list. If you do this as a family, teach your children Teach your grandchildren to pray for their pastor. Uh, When you gather corporately as a church, whether it's a, a small group in a home, whether it's a prayer meeting someplace else, whether it's a gathering around before the service, pray for your pastor and his wife. Pray that they have wisdom beyond their years Pray that God gives them courage to defend and stand by the word of God, no matter what, no matter why, no matter when. Uh, In 1971, Carolyn and I went to a little church outside of Portland. There were about 35 people in it. 20 of them were in the same family. After a couple of weeks, I started scratching my head and saying, what am I doing here? But we worked and we worked and we worked. And there came that day. Now, I'm going to tell this story, honey, so you tell me if I'm wrong, okay? You stop me along the way because it's on her. There came that day when we hit 100 people. And Carolyn was walking across the parking lot to our little 65-foot trailer where we lived, and uh, she was feeling pretty good about herself because she had worked hard. And she would say, I was quite full of myself. (laughs) And then we got home and we were having lunch and the phone rang. And in those days, you didn't make a long-distance phone call very easily because they were expensive. But it was Carolyn's sister. And she was telling Carolyn that she went to sing At a retirement center That particular day And uh, while she was there After she sang You know people come up and say Oh that was wonderful And uh, this little lady Old lady came up Named Mrs. Papalanus She was a little Greek lady She was in Memorial Baptist Church In Fresno, California When we were there And Mrs. Papalanus Who is now long gone home with the Lord. She said, uh, I want you to know that I have come to pray for your sister and her husband every day. And suddenly, it hit Carolyn. The reason we hit a 100 people was because some little old lady that we hardly knew In California. In a care center. Was praying for Rich and Carolyn Hagenbaugh. Every day. And we have carried on. That tradition. We've got specific people. Around the Northwest. Who have committed themselves. To pray for us every day. Some of them are in this church. And there were times. When I was going through a hard thing and I could remind myself, wait a minute, Diane is praying, Barry's praying, I I don't have to worry about this, God's got this. So Josh needs to know that you've got his back. Megan needs to know that you've got their back. How do you do that? By praying for them every day. Here's the second word. I would give you, be patient with Josh. Now, you're going to say, I'm going to tell you, I've been patient with Josh for a long time already. Now you get the opportunity to be patient at a different level. Uh, Let me remind you, just in case you may have forgotten, we are a flawed church. Do you know that? We are a sick and defective people. The only thing that makes the difference is the blood of Jesus. That changes everything. You are flawed, I am flawed, Josh and Megan are flawed. And as a result, there will come times when we may disagree or one thing or another. I can promise you this. I can promise you Josh will be faithful to preach the truth of the word of God. And I can promise you that he and Megan will love every one of you. And be willing to serve every one of you. Um, I hope you realize that someday everything will make perfect sense to you. So for now, I would recommend that you laugh at the confusion, that you smile through the tears, and you keep reminding yourself that God is in control and he never makes any mistakes and everything happens for a reason. That's what Romans 8.28 is all about. Remember that patience is the calm acceptance that things will happen in a different order than you had in mind. Patience is not the ability to wait. It is how you act while you are waiting. Patience is the ability to count down before you blast off. (laughs) So, be patient with Josh and Megan and Teach yourself to be patient with one another. Here's my third word. Participate with Josh. Participate with Josh. Work alongside of him. He is not called to do your ministry. He does not possess every one of the spiritual gifts. But I can guarantee you. Every one of the spiritual gifts is represented in this room. So if you have the ability to do something, move up next to Josh and work with him to accomplish the job of growing and ministering the people. Remember, we're in the people business, we're not in the church business. Remember that the only thing that matters is people. Remember, there's only two things on the planet. It will last, God's word and people. Everything else is going to burn. And your investment is in the proclamation of God's word and people, one another. So pull up alongside of Him. And when you do that, you do two things. One, you reveal your support for Him and the work of the rest of the elders. You're saying to them, I'm in support of this ministry. I'll step in and plug into that job. Uh, He cannot do it alone. And the elders cannot do it alone. Megan cannot do it alone. She needs help. And he needs help. The second thing you are doing. Is it is an affirmation and an encouragement. To him and the leadership. That they are in fact approved to do this job. God has called them here to do that. So participate with him in this process my final word to you will be passion Uh, you might remember that in John 13 Jesus told his disciples I'm going to give you a new commandment that you love one another and I believe the next phrase may be the most important aspect of the verse As I have loved you. As I have loved you. Don't go putting some of your own definitions on the word for love. It is unconditional. And it is sacrificial. And when you love one another in that way. Then by this will all men know that you are my disciples. If you have loved for one another you have the privilege of showing Corvallis something they may have never seen before you have the opportunity of showing Corvallis that this is a place full of people who are willing to sacrifice for each other who love each other unconditionally don't let anything anybody says make you not love them Don't let anything anybody does make you not love them. Make certain that you understand that this concept of love is so important to the reality and the existence of Northwest Hills Community Church. I bring you to Philippians 1 where Paul said it is only right for me to feel this way about you. Paul had a feeling for the people. It's only right that I feel this way about you because I have you in my heart. I I can relate to that. There have been times when I have longed to come back to Northwest Hills because you people are in our hearts. Don would come out and visit with us. I'd say, good morning, Colonel. He'd say, don't bother me, I'm fishing. (laughs) But every time he would come, my heart would be filled. I have you in my heart. How I long for you. God is my witness. How I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Now, you know that word affection. We've preached that word. It's the word splunknaw. Remember that word? It means the inner parts. It's the word in Greek that refers to the abdominal area of the human anatomy. It's the word that we get our English word spleen from, splunknod. And it's the idea that Paul was moved in his abdominal area when he felt, when he, when he recognized the love that he had for the Philippian church. We talk about butterflies. We have butterflies. See, we talk about I love you with all my heart. What does that mean? If I get butterflies at 20,150 days, (laughs) that means I'm in love. (laughs) See? So Paul is saying, there ought to be an emotional thing connected with this. Do you long to see each other? Are you willing to sacrifice for each other? Are you willing to... uh, be unconditional with one another. Listen, that is the solution to so many of the difficulties that go on in churches today. Show the city of Corvallis something they've never seen before. Now, I would like to see Josh um, retire from here in 40 years. I'd like to come and preach that. <laughs> I'll be 118 years old. At 118, I could probably do that. I'm saying pray for him and for Megan. Be patient with him and for Megan because as surely as he is patient with you, you will need to be patient with him. Participate with him and love him And love each other. I want you to love him and Megan, and I know you already do that. Now, there will come times when you won't feel like doing that. There will come times when uh, it won't be best for you, and it might not be best for them. But let me explain to you it is always good for the kingdom for you to pray patient, participate, and have this unconditional and servanthood passion with them and with one another. And I believe God will bless this ministry. I'm delighted you had us come. We're going to get a free meal out of it, and we're (laughs) glad to be here. Thank you.
1: Does it feel warm? Let me tell you, it's not the temperature. The Holy Spirit's moving in this place and just moving us. And it's so great to see everybody here to welcome our pastor and to show him our love and to show Megan our love. What a, what a great day. I've been waiting for this day. I was gone all the time during the, the confirmation and the questions and the angst and the anxiousness. Uh, But I was getting an update every once in a while by an elder, letting me know what's going on and how things were doing. And then I think I was in Wyoming. The day came when I got the call from Pastor Josh. And he talked for a minute. How are you? I'm good. He says, hey, we're in. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Yeah. Man, I just kind of came up off the ground and hovered for a little while, but you know what What impressed me the most is he said, we're in, and he wasn't talking about he and I, he was talking about his lovely wife. They're in, and she's as much a part of this as he is, and I am so uh, thrilled and excited to think that we have this team that's going to be working to lead us forward, not only They are going to be leading us forward, but imagine the leadership group we have right now. Our elder team is as strong as it has ever been, and uh, I thank them for the quick work they uh, did to get us to where we are. The ministry teams we have, the servants we have, I mean, everything's in place, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. To get that idea, and when I was thinking, you know, we've been starting talking about rebuilding, and I was thinking of getting started. And a year, a long time ago, when we measured races in yards instead of meters, I ran a hundred and the two hundred. And I can remember digging the little holes in the track to get in the starting blocks. We didn't have starting blocks; we just dug a little hole to get in the starting block, right? That's what we had. That's, that's all there was. Young, young people wouldn't understand. No, that's right. You'll have to talk to Pastor Rich. He can explain it to you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I was thinking about this, you know, and y- y- you would be there on the ground, and the starter would say, ready. And everybody would walk up the line, shaking out their hands, stretching, and then you'd get down, and when everybody was ready, Everything was stretched out, people's hands were all on a line, and he'd say, "Set!" Everybody'd strain forward, every muscle tuned, ready to go. And then somebody'd take off on a false start. <laughs> and you have to go through that whole drill all over again. Ready, set. Ready, set. Ready. Set. We've been there, haven't we? Ready? Set, false start. We haven't had a go. I think we're ready for the go. I think we're ready for the go. Pastor Josh and Megan, our elder team, our servant leaders, our ministry teams, our staff, our support staff, everybody's in place. And we're ready to go. And when we step up to that line here in just a while... And we hear the starter say, ready? We're all together. We're going up. And he says, set. We're gonna lean forward in the pews. And we'll hear it go off. The gun will go. And we'll do just what Pastor Rich said. All together. At the same time. We're going to charge. All going in the same direction. Because we'll know what the direction is. And Corvallis is going to be different. Yeah. I'll guarantee you. Yeah, Corvallis will be different. And man, I am... You got to do it pretty soon. <laughs> right? I'm not going to be around here too much longer. <laughs> A new start, man. So I am just going to finish up. I'm going to finish... Pastor Rich's sermon for him. <laughs> I, I have to pick up for him every once in a while. <laughs> Let me read to you uh, First Thes- oh, this is crazy. First Thessalonians, we're reading <clears throat> excuse me, chapter five, verse 12, 13. This is Paul giving instructions to the Thessalonicans or the Thessalonians. However, you like to say that. Here's what he says. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in highest regard, in love, because of their work. Live in peace with one another. That's our instruction. Pastor Rich has stretched it out for us and give us what we need to do now to move forward. Ready, set, go. Thank you very much.
2: So one question. Don, what's a pew? You said people be leaning forward in the pew. I don't know what a pew is. Because I'm just a young guy. <laughs> We're, Jack's coming up here. We're going to ask Dr. Rich to come up. We're going to ask Ron to come up. Uh, let's see. I want you to explain something to us real quick here. Because you're the military guy. What is a commissioning? Commissioning. you got to use a microphone. A commissioning. That's a time when
1: we uh, set a certain set of standards on a person and tell them that we now expect (laughs) and want to help them meet those expectations. So I think that's a commissioning.
2: I love it. So that's what we're going to do right now. Yeah, okay. We're going to ask Josh and Megan to come up here. I guess we're going to set a standard on you and a level of expectations that we can pray for you on, support you in. And when, when we say go right after this, we all run together. So, uh, Jack, why don't you introduce some of our, yeah, one of our guests here today?
3: Stand, standing behind me in the, in the tall stature of a Don Snow is Ron Johnson. Ron is a retired senior pastor from Corvallis Evangelical Church. Uh, you may recall uh, you may recall that uh, a few weeks back, Josh mentioned that all of the staff will be going to prayer time on Thursday from 11 to noon, and that's our city church prayer. Ron coordinates that. He's one of the servant leaders for city team, city church Corvallis, and uh, he showed up because Corvallis Evangelicals out on a work day instead of worship this morning, uh, but he wanted to be here. He did not come expecting to be on the platform, but in a sense, I told him I would place it this way. He is a representation of pastors across our community who uh, already know Josh and love Josh and will support
2: him. You're so hosed on time to preach today, dude.
4: (laughs) I'm not worried about it.
2: (laughs) Well, we're going to spend a a few minutes here praying. Uh, Where did the other microphone go? It's in Don's pocket. (laughs) I'll open up. uh, If anybody else up here wants to pray, I'll just pass a mic off. John, you close us. That'll work. Absolutely. Let's put Josh and Megan in the middle. If you want to reach out a hand, let's just cover them in prayer right now. God, I just heard that word from, from Dr. Rich, just a prayer that Josh and Megan's ministry here would be joyful. And we just know what our church has been through. I pray for us as we support him that we seek joy in this ministry, God.
5: Father, we want to just really thank you for this morning. Uh, Lord, it's a joyful time for us and you've been seeing it uh, for a long time. Lord, thank you for Josh and Megan. Thank you for the elders here and their wisdom in these last days. Uh, Thank you for the wonderful people in this church family, Lord. Uh, Father, I just want to thank you for the pastors and uh, women in leadership in this city who pray every Thursday. Lord, we've prayed for many new pastors that have come into our city, and we want to just give you all the praise for bringing wonderful men and women leaders to our city. And, Lord, we want to thank you for this day when we prayed for Northwest Hills many, many, many times. And, Lord, we believe that uh, this is your answer to prayer. And so uh, would you just help Northwest Hills to love Josh and Megan, uh, to love you with all their hearts, and continue to make a difference in our city, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name.
3: Father, you have placed an anointing on Josh. Uh, it is evident in his preaching It is evident in the way that he has lived and served among us in the last eight years uh, to be willing to uh, be plugged in in the empty places and to uh, pick up uh, where things are needed, uh, even when it wasn't his original calling to this congregation or to his original service. We thank you and look forward to how you will continue to work through that anointing. I pray that you will cover him. That you would be his front and rear guard And Megan as well That you would be alongside them Even as they are alongside each other Uh, That you would cover them Like the oil that uh, covered the high priest Uh, That it would uh, Roll roll down his head Upon his beard And even to the edge of his uh, robe uh, That he would know your blessing your covering your anointing As he represents uh, you And as he serves us uh, as, our, as our lead pastor, our lead shepherd. Uh, and then we know that he always will point us to Jesus. And we thank you for that.
0: Our Father, <clears throat> these moments are significant because we now, in these moments, sanctify Josh and Megan to a new and fresh ministry. We ask you, Father, to give them all of the equipment they need. Give to them all of the love they need. Give to them all of the passion and the relationships that they need to accomplish a great ministry here at Northwest Hills. And we pray, Father, that people will grow, that people will get saved, that people will come into relationship with you. And so, Father, take them, take their lives, take their children, take their home. And we pray, Father, that you will put it all under your hand so that when they minister, they minister only under the power of God and not under their own power. So we give them to you. And we pray, Father, you will use them greatly.
6: time coming and we are just so so thankful for your provision. We have run the race that has been fixed out for us. Um, We as a body have we have rejoiced together. We have wept together. We have grieved uh, together and now Lord we are so delighted to hear that word from you that Don reminded us of this morning That it's time to go And we are so ready to put our feet and our hands And our faith that you have supplied to us In those directions and our energies I pray for each one in our body, Lord I thank you for them I pray that you would enrichly bless them And continue to grow them. Lord, we're all going to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We are all going to look to you. You are going to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords in this church. And we are going to go out in faith and we are going to shine brightly for you in each of the places we go. We pray that you would empower um, our new lead pastor and his wife, and you would bless them richly, that you would protect them greatly, and above all, Lord, that you would by be glorified in all of this. We ask this in the strong name of Jesus Christ, my Lord, and all these people's Lord and Savior. Amen.
2: We're going to take just a minute, stand up, stretch out. Josh has another 45 minutes of preaching for us. No, just greet each other, say hi, and Josh will be back up here in a minute.
4: So let's see, I got one, two, three, four, five pages of notes, and they're not bullet points. And I'm supposed to already be done preaching by now, so um, Sorry I was I was really fearful that this moment would come, and I should have had a backup plan. But the whole time I'm going, I don't, I just don't know what I would do. So I kind of followed. We can, we can wait to eat. We can wait to eat. Okay. I know, but the tri-tip's warm. Um, <laughs> so let me, I'll just say a couple things. Um, I do, I really want to get to Nehemiah 12. Just I just
0: one of the challenges of ministry. One of the cha-
4: that's right. Um, And I have no one to blame for myself because I put you up for 15 15 minutes and Don Snow for five. But um, no, I want to go back. Actually, I'll just, I want to read something. It's kind of funny. I was, I've been reading this book. uh, It's called Streamline, How to Create Healthy Church Systems. Um, A couple weeks ago just really trying to prepare for, okay, I think some, some of the things that we really need work on as a whole church right now is systems. What are the healthy systems to get us moving in certain directions? And I got to one little section here that just made me laugh, and it's, it's a meme that it's very churchy and very goofy, but um, perhaps, you've, it's very likely you've seen it before. I could, I could very easily imagine pastor from 200 years ago saying something like this. But I think it's really funny, and I, I read it, and then I thought of myself in here, and I thought. You know, I'm just going to read this, um, and we will get to Nehemiah. I promise. Um, this is about a, a search committee. They've been working for a long time trying to find a particular candidate. And um, it says this. This is a letter that went out to the church, to all the membership, and they say we've not been able to find a suitable candidate uh, for this church, though we have one promising prospect still. Uh, we do appreciate all the suggestions from the church members, and we've followed up each one with interviews or by calling at least three references. The following is our confidential report uh, on the present candidates, and it goes through a bunch of people in the Bible. So if, you, if you're not familiar with the Bible, just, just trust me, these are big names in the Bible. Um, the first one, it says, here's Adam, um, good man, but has problems with his wife. Uh, also one reference told of how his wife and he enjoy walking naked in the woods. Um, here's Noah, former pastorate of 120 years with no converts, prone to unrealistic building projects. Uh, Joseph, a big thinker, but a bragger, who believes in dream interpreting and has a prison record. Um, <laughs> Moses, a modest and meek man, but poor communicator, even stutters most of the time, Somehow, or sometimes blows the stack and acts rashly. Some say that he left a church earlier over some sort of murder charge. Um, David, the most promising leader of all until we discovered he had an affair with his neighbor's wife. Uh, Solomon, great preacher, um, but our parsonage would never hold all his wives' Um, Elijah, prone to depression, collapses under pressure. Uh, Elijah, uh, reported to have lived with a single woman uh, while in his former church. Uh, Jeremiah, emotionally unstable, alarmist, negative, always lamenting things. And reported to have taken a long trip uh, to bury his underwear on the banks of a foreign river. Um, Jonah uh, refused God's call into ministry until he was forced to obey by getting swallowed by a great fish. He told us that the fish later spit him up on the shore nearby. We hung up at that point. Um, (laughs) Peter, he was way too blue-collar. He had a bad temper. Uh, He even had been known to curse quite a bit. Uh, He had a big run-in with Paul at Antioch, aggressive but a pretty loose cannon. Uh, There's Paul, man, powerful CEO, leader type, uh, fascinating preacher. However, uh, short on tact, unforgiving with younger ministers, harsh and has been known to preach all night. Uh, there's Timothy. He's way too young. Jesus. Uh, he had popular times, but once when his church grew to 5,000, he managed to offend them all. And his church only is about 12 people now. Um, seldom stays in one place very long, and of course he's single. Um, Judas. Um, his references are pretty solid. A steady plotter, conservative, good connections, knows how to handle money well. We've invited him to preach this Sunday. Possibilities here. Um, <laughs> And I say that, (laughs) I I read this, I know it's super goofy, but like I could easily be in that list somewhere and I could have had my wife written the description for me, but that would have been really embarrassing. So, um, (laughs) my posture is it's, it's not who, who I am as a leader. That's going to lead this church somewhere. Um, it's going to be obedience to what God has called us to do. I remember the first time I ever preached a sermon was about 13 years ago. Honestly, I don't even remember what this sermon was. I think it was on prayer. This is the first sermon I ever gave, kind of in big church, kind of full uh, service. And um, and I remember preparing for this sermon. This is what I remember. I remember this very, very vividly. In preparation, we lived in a one bedroom apartment. We were in Southern California, and uh, in between the TV and the coffee table, there's a small space on the floor. And I remember laying face down on the ground, faced, like, right on the ground for what seemed like a while, and my prayer was pretty simple, and it was like, God, unless you do something, I really have nothing to offer, and I remember thinking at that time, like, this better be my posture for a very long time. If I if I get to do this full-time someday, which was my dream, um, Lord, let there never be a season when I just feel like, oh, I got this, I, I, I I I can do it all, I'm in a good spot, I've got a good handle on the word, Lord, let me before you, every single week, whether it's creating some new process, whether it's building a team, whether it's leading a group of people, whether it's opening up your word, God, let me be humble, let me be patient, let me hear from you, and God, you're going to have to do something, because I'm a pretty broken human being. And if you were to really see all the insides, there's a lot of mess in there, but it's only because of Jesus that we have any hope for anything. And so my, my posture from the very first sermon to I hope today is, is really that, that Jesus is going to do something here. You know, we, we read that silly list of these different leaders, and if I were to go through each one of you here, I think we'd all find something very similar. Um, but the reality is it's, it's because of Jesus that we have hope for anything. And so that's, that's my hope. Um, I'm trying to think about how to get into Nehemiah. Um, I'll, I, I will, we'll, we'll, save a lot of this for next week. Um, but I do want to do this. I, I do want to open up the word. So, um, Nehemiah chapter 12 there. I, I realize if you're new today that you're going to have no context for this. And I apologize. You can go podcast, uh, iTunes. It's all there. Um, But I'm going to ask that you'd stand. We go to Nehemiah 12. It is on page 408. If you see that sweet little black Bible right there. We're going to verse, we're going to just jump to verse 43. And here's the words that God gives us in in Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 43. And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can sit down. Um, I'm going to make one very, very simple point. I'm not going to even look at any of my notes because it wouldn't make sense, and there's all this build-up and a climax and a point. Um, Laughter. But five times in that passage we talk about joy, and we can feel it this when there's a lot of joy, right? There's, there's, there's excitement, it's joyful, and, and if you look at the context of the whole passage, um, it's, it's somewhat similar. So you've got this nation that's, Kelly, I don't even know where to begin. They, they've rebuilt, they went back to Jerusalem, they've got the temple, they've got the wall, they, they've orchestrated this incredible, um, these two groups of musicians and they, one goes north on the wall and one goes south and they gather at the temple and it's this beautiful piece where you've got potentially up to 50,000 people just roaring with praise. But I wanted to start with the very first thing that we see in verse 43 that I think we just skip right through. It says, and they offered great sacrifices. Now why would they start with sacrifice? Sacrifice. I think at the core of every human being is the desire to belong, the desire to be known, the desire to have a place to fit into, and I think that's true both um, uh, both. L- horizontally and laterally. We want a people to belong to. We want a group, right? So, so when you're growing up, it's like, I want to, I want to be involved in a certain sports team or or a certain choir or a certain group of friends or a family. And, And we have a longing to be a part of a group, right? And so for some of us, it's like home is finally where we belong. Like it's summertime and you're out and about, you're traveling a lot, but doesn't coming home feel so good? We all have this longing for home, but then far more than just this, this group life here, we in our hearts of every human being have a longing to belong to God. We have a longing to belong to something much bigger than just what's here and now. And, and here's the thing, um, and I'm trying to figure out how to make sense of all this very quickly. Um, in order for us to belong to God, like currently we're separated from Him uh, in, in just the human state, there's, there's sin, there's evil, there's guilt. And for the nation of Israel, they have 50 years where they weren't sacrificing because they didn't have a temple. So they have this like weird gut thing that says, I need to be close to the Lord, but I can't be because I can't sacrifice anything. And so this culmination starts with, there's huge excitement, there's bands, there's music, but it starts with sacrifice. It starts with Going back to what God initiated as the as the means by which they can be close to Him through sacrifice, and really, what brings us together more than anything as a people is sacrifice. And it's not us that sacrifice things; it's the cross that sa- that is the ultimate sacrifice. And so, yes, we have this moment where we're excited and, and it's like ready, set, and we're, we're going to go do something. But the reality is it's, it's not just this mountaintop moment. It's, it's not just we're going to accomplish something. We are going to accomplish something. It's something's been accomplished. The, the real go here. Was ready set, that's Jesus and and God the Father in heaven before time, and then when God said go, Jesus came to earth and died. And so we've got this this cross that says He already went. And that's what unites us more than anything. That that's what's this cause of celebration, that's what brings joy. And in the Old Testament, they just had a taste of it. So imagine this feast, like everyone's, again, there's this huge celebration. But, I mean, what you're seeing here, that's not described very well. It's only described very quickly, but is this stream of blood coming out of the temple. I mean, there was so much sacrifice that they, that they had to literally create a canal system that would move blood from the altar outside of the temple. And finally, for 50 years, they said, okay, we can be close to you again, Lord. But the closeness that we have is ultimately, yes, we're going to do something as a church. And, and yes, we're like what I've been working on the last couple of weeks and in the next few weeks. And, and what we're going to be inviting all of us into is, is different ways to go and to do stuff. But man, Jesus already went and he brought us close. Where we were far off, where there was a sacrifice that was needed, where we longed to belong to something greater than ourselves. Jesus made that way possible on the cross. And so with thanksgiving we gather today. So honestly, like, I hate talking about me. I, I don't like all that. So, oh, Josh, this, I don't like that. What I like, and it's necessary, I get that. What I like, though, is the culmination of saying what we are really celebrating is Jesus on the cross who gave it all to give us something to really celebrate. Because there will be a time where, where I will not be the senior pastor. Where Megan and I will be dead or gone. There will be a time when this building won't be here. There will be a time when none of us will be here. But the king, the one that we have to celebrate, will still be central. And so, yes, we're going to party, we're going to go have food, and, and yes, we're excited about the things to come, and yes, we're excited about movement. And I, mean, I had this whole point about the, the last part of the chapter was like, okay, the celebration's over, now get to work. Like he literally, he, he like Nehemiah, he puts people in all these different jobs and, and there's going to be invitations over the next couple of weeks. So I want us to be praying about, Lord, what might you have me be doing rather than just a, a moment of excitement? Because a moment of excitement doesn't get you anywhere. But when you align together and you move in a certain direction because of the excitement that we have from the death and resurrection of Jesus, that's when something gets done here on earth. But my goodness, something's already been done. And so I'm just, I'm going to end on that. We, I, we have an amazing song set. So band, come on up here. I'm going to pray. And please, like, we're not in a hurry to finish this. is a great set. So come on up band. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. And we are going to sing because we have a risen Savior who brought us together in a place where we belong. And that's with our Father. And that's so much better than anything here. So Lord, Every human has a desire to belong. We have a desire to belong here to church, to people. Um, We we need that. What sticks, what what makes people stay at a church very often is is that sense of belonging. These are my people. I belong here. I have a place. I have something to contribute. God, but much bigger than that, where true joy comes from, it comes from knowing God. Jesus, that you have brought us near through your life and death. We were separated from you. We had no hope. We were alienated. But Jesus, you came, you gave your life. And we don't have to sacrifice. We, we, meaning, I don't have to bring up a bull. I don't have to bring up a goat. I don't have to bring up a pigeon. I don't have to, a lamb. Lord, I don't, I don't have to do that because you gave your life already. Lord, and you bring me near because I've got a lot of guilt, Lord, but you paid for it all. Lord, I just want to give the invitation to you. If someone's here right now, and maybe they've never had that moment where they've said, Lord, I, I thank you for your life being that sacrifice, bringing me at peace with you. Lord, it's a simple recognition that I, I have a separation from you, I need you, I recognize your God. And I want to join you in a place to belong in something bigger than it than this. Jesus, we love you. Amen.